Welcome to Quantum Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. Theoretical physicist John Wheeler once used the phrase, great smoky dragon, to describe a particle of light going from a source to a photon counter. He wrote that the mouth of the dragon is sharp, where it bites the counter, and the tail is sharp, where the photon starts. But he said no one knows what's in the middle, meaning the photon has definite reality at the beginning and end, but the middle is a bit hazy. Wheeler's view was that elementary quantum phenomena are not real until they're observed. It's a philosophical position called anti-realism. In realism, quantum objects like photons always have definite intrinsic properties, a more classical view of reality. Wheeler even designed an experiment to show that if you hold on to realism, then you're forced to concede that the future can influence the past. Given the absurdity of backward time travel, Wheeler's experiment became an argument for anti-realism at the level of the quantum. But last year, some researchers found a loophole in that theory. In May of last year, Rafael Chavez and his colleagues at the International Institute of Physics in Brazil showed that Wheeler's experiment can be explained using a classical model, at least given certain assumptions. They used a classical model that gives a photon an intrinsic nature. In it, the dragon has a well-defined body, but the body's hidden from the mathematical formalism of standard quantum mechanics. Chavez's team then proposed a twist to Wheeler's experiment to test the loophole. Three teams raced to do the modified experiment. The results have shown that a class of classical models that advocate realism can't make sense of the results. Quantum mechanics may be weird, but it's still the simplest explanation around. Wheeler devised his experiment in 1983 to highlight one of the dominant conceptual questions in quantum mechanics, wave-particle duality. Quantum objects seem to act like particles or waves, but never both at the same time. This feature of quantum mechanics seems to imply that objects have no inherent reality until observed. David Kaiser is a physicist and science historian at MIT. He says physicists have grappled with wave-particle duality as an essential strange feature of quantum theory for a century. He says the idea predates other strange features of quantum theory, like Heisenberg's uncertainty principle and Schrodinger's cat. A special case of the famous double-slit experiment called the Mach-Zender interferometer shows the phenomenon. In the experiment, a single photon is fired at a half-silvered mirror, or beam splitter. The photon is either reflected or transmitted with equal probability, so it can take one of two paths. In this case, the photon will take either path 1 or path 2, and then go on to hit either detector D1 or D2 with equal probability. The photon is indivisible, showing us its particle-like nature. But there's a twist. At the point where path 1 and path 2 cross, you can add a second beam splitter, which changes things. In this setup, quantum mechanics says the photon seems to take both paths at once, as a wave would. The two waves come back together at the second beam splitter. The experiment can be set up so that the waves combine constructively, P 
peak to peak, trough to trough, only when they move toward D1. In comparison, the path toward D2 represents destructive interference. In such a setup, the photon will always be found at D1 and never at D2. In this setup, the photon displays its wave-like nature. But Wheeler asked, what if we delay the choice of whether to add the second beam splitter? Let's assume the photon enters the interferometer without the second beam splitter in place. It should act like a particle. But you can add the second beam splitter at the very last nanosecond. Until then, the photon presumably acts like a particle and either goes to D1 or D2. But both theory and experiment show that the photon now acts like a wave and goes only to D1. To do so, it has to seemingly be in both paths simultaneously, not one path or the other. In the classical way of thinking, it's as if the photon went back in time and changed its character from particle to wave. One way to avoid this effect coming before the cause is to deny the photon any intrinsic reality and argue that the photon becomes real only upon measurement. That way, there's nothing to undo. Such anti-realism is often associated with the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics. It took a theoretical knock with Chavez's work, at least in the context of this experiment. It doesn't make much sense to think of quantum mechanics as something that is out there, that exists independently of our observations, and we are here just to discover what's going on. It's much more complex than that. Chavez's team wanted to explain counterintuitive aspects of quantum mechanics using a new set of ideas called causal modeling. It's grown in popularity in the past decade. Causal modeling involves establishing cause and effect relationships between various elements of an experiment. Let's call these correlated events A and B. Often, when studying them, if you can't conclusively say that A causes B or that B causes A, it's possible that a previously unsuspected or hidden third event, C, causes both. In such cases, causal modeling can help uncover C. Here's Chavez. My interest in this causal modeling it started a few years ago. We often say or like we hear that quantum mechanics it's counterintuitive. I see two main problems with this sort of affirmation. The first is what we mean by counterintuitive. We have a mathematical definition of it. And the second is even that we have such a definition, how can we test if something is really counterintuitive or not. Chavez and his colleagues, Gabriela Lemos and Jacques Pinar, focused on Wheeler's delayed choice experiment. They fully expected to fail at finding a model with a hidden process that both grants a photon intrinsic reality and also explains its behavior without having to invoke retrocausality. Chavez says they decided to create a causal model and see what they'd get. And at first we were thinking, well, okay, like we are going to prove that actually this is super counterintuitive in the sense that there is no causal model that it's able to explain it. But they were in for a surprise. The task proved relatively easy. They began by assuming that the photon, immediately after it has crossed the first beam splitter, has an intrinsic state denoted by a hidden variable. In this context, a hidden variable is something that's absent from standard quantum mechanics, but that influences the photon's behavior in some way. 
The experimenter then chooses to add or remove the second beam splitter. Causal modeling, which prohibits backward time travel, ensures that the experimenter's choice can't influence the past intrinsic state of the photon. The hidden variable implies realism. Given that, the team showed it's possible to write down rules that use the variable's value and the presence or absence of the second beam splitter to guide the photon to D1 or D2 in a way that mimics the predictions of quantum mechanics. Here was a classical, causal, realistic explanation. They had found a new loophole. This surprised some physicists, says Tim Burns, a theoretical quantum physicist at New York University, Shanghai. What basically everybody sort of took for granted is that by delaying this choice, this sort of rules out any kind of sort of possibility that you could have a sort of a hidden variable theory that could basically mimic exactly the same results, and you wouldn't have to really involve quantum mechanics at all. In hindsight, it's actually kind of very obvious if you actually look at their model, but somehow I think it was just taken for granted, and people didn't really think it through in terms of whether it's kind of logically possible or not, and kind of more focusing on the physics of the situation rather than looking at it in a causal sense, which is basically how they construct their model. Here's Rafael Chavez again. This was like, let's say, the step zero in our paper. To make a healthy criticism, say, look, there is something very simple that can explain this that we are calling quantum and very counterintuitive. But then I think the most important step in our paper was to say, is there any slight modification we can make in Wheeler's experiment to make it really quantum, to make it really non-classical? In their modified thought experiment, the full Mach-Zender interferometer is intact. The second beam splitter is always present. Instead, two phase shifts, one near the beginning of the experiment and one toward the end, serve the role of experimental dials that researchers can adjust at will. The two phase shifts change the relative lengths of the paths. This changes the interference pattern, and with it, the presumed wave-like or particle-like behavior of the photon. For example, the value of the first phase shift could be such that the photon acts like a particle inside the interferometer. But the second phase shift could force it to act like a wave. The researchers require that the second phase shift is set after the first. With this setup in place, Chavez's team came up with a way to distinguish between a classical causal model and quantum mechanics. Say the first phase shift can take one of three values, and the second shift one of two values. That makes six possible experimental settings. The researchers calculated what they expected to see for each of these six settings. Here, the predictions of a classical hidden variable model and standard quantum mechanics are different. The team then constructed a formula. The formula calculates its input probabilities from the number of times that photons land on particular detectors. This is based on the setting of the two phase shifts. If the formula equals zero, the classical causal model can explain the statistics. But if the equation spits out a number greater than zero, then subject to some constraints on the hidden variable, there's no classical explanation for the experiment's outcome. 
Chavez teamed up with Fabio Chiarino, a quantum physicist at the University of Rome La Sapienza, and his colleagues to test the inequality. Simultaneously, two teams in China carried out the experiment. One Chinese team was led by experimental physicist Jian Weipan at the University of Science and Technology of China. The other was headed by Guang Zan Guo at the same university. Each team implemented the idea slightly differently. Guo's group stuck to the basics, using an actual Mach-Zender interferometer. Howard Wiseman, a theoretical physicist at Griffith University in Brisbane, Australia, who wasn't connected to either team, says Gore's experiment is the one closest to Wheeler's original proposal. But all three showed that the formula is greater than zero with irrefutable statistical significance. They ruled out the classical causal models of the kind that can explain Wheeler's delayed choice experiment. The loophole was closed. Chavez says the three main lines of research teach us something. This show us very clearly that we cannot try to model quantum systems having well-established and predetermined uh, properties, be it a wave or particle or anything else. Kaiser is impressed by Chavez's elegant theoretical work and the experiments. Kaiser says they provide compelling evidence that classical models really don't capture how the world works, even if the quantum mechanical predictions match the latest results. The formula comes with certain assumptions. The biggest one? That the classical hidden variable used in the causal model can take one of two values encoded in one bit of information. Chavez thinks this is reasonable. The quantum version, it's a photon in one of two arms the first arm or the second arm. This quantum system can send at most one bit of information. That bit of information goes in one arm of the interferometer or the other. So Chavez says it's very natural to say that the hidden variable model should also have dimension two. But if you bring in a hidden variable with additional information carrying capacity, it can restore the classical causal model's ability to explain the statistics observed in the modified delayed choice experiment. Also, the most popular hidden variable theory still isn't affected by these experiments. The de Broglie-Bohm theory is a deterministic and realistic alternative to standard quantum mechanics. It's perfectly capable of explaining the delayed choice experiment. In this theory, particles always have positions, which are the hidden variables. So they have objective reality, but they're guided by a wave. So reality is both wave and particle. The wave goes through both paths, the particle through one or the other. The presence or absence of the second beam splitter affects the wave, which then guides the particle to the detectors, with exactly the same results as standard quantum mechanics. For Wiseman, the debate over Copenhagen versus de Broglie-Bohm in the context of the delayed choice experiment is far from settled. He says in the Copenhagen interpretation, there's no strange inversion of time because we have no right to say anything about the photon's past. But Wiseman says in the Broglie-Bohm theory, there's reality independent of our knowledge, but there's no problem because there's no inversion. He says there's a unique forward-in-time description of everything. Kaiser wants to take things further. 
In current experiments, the choice of whether to add the second phase shift or the second beam splitter in the classic delayed choice experiment is made by a quantum random number generator. But what's being tested in these experiments is quantum mechanics itself. So you're almost assuming what you're trying to prove. Kaiser says it would be helpful to check whether the experimental results remain constant, even under complementary experimental designs that rely on entirely different sources of randomness. Kaiser and his colleagues have built this kind of randomness using photons coming from distant quasars, some from more than halfway across the universe. Researchers in California used a one-meter telescope to collect the photons, If a photon had a wavelength less than a certain threshold value, the random number generator spit out a zero. Otherwise, it produced a one. In principle, this bit can be used to randomly choose the experimental settings. Kaiser says if the results continue to support Wheeler's original argument, then... It gives us yet another reason to say that wave-particle duality is not going to be explained away by some more kind of classical physics explanation, that the range of conceptual alternatives to quantum mechanics has again been shrunk, been pushed back into a corner. I mean, that's really what we're after. So quantum mechanics has a series of these kind of seemingly foundational, unavoidable concepts. And it's one thing to write textbooks in which those concepts are enumerated on page three. It's another thing to have confidence beyond any possible reasonable doubt that those textbooks describe the world and not just an otherwise beautiful body of ideas. So for now, the dragon's body, which for a brief few weeks had come into focus, has gone back to being smoky and indistinct. And the researchers are back at work trying to find it. Michelle Yoon helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Anil Anantaswamy's full article, Closed Loophole Confirms the Unreality of the Quantum World, on our website, quantummagazine.org. Fascinated by quantum reality? Check out Quanta's new book, Alice and Bob Meet the Wall of Fire, by the MIT Press. Available now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or your local bookstore. 